0: Hey, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatama. Uh, thank you for joining us from Monday to Friday where we contextualize the big issues and events of the African continent. Uh, you're listening to us on DSTV Channel 802. Uh, that's if you're listening to us uh, in South Africa and some neighboring countries who have that channel. And uh, we also internationally on www.channelafrica.co.za. And today we're coming back uh, to... South Africa and uh, because the big story there is around the country is a public protector and It is actually a remarkable story because uh, constantly we have this idea that uh, there is kind of a contestation around her credibility and there is kind of a big discussion around whether she's fit in this post. And I'm speaking around the public protector, which is very interesting when you actually look at it in contrast of the previous uh, public protector of the country, Tulima Donsela, who was almost like the sweetheart of South Africa. Africa's democracy, everyone was kind of lauding her and almost bowing to her every word and everything that she said. And then after that came Busisiwem Kwebani and there was a whole lot of disagreements around her verdicts in the public space but the latest that the economic freedom fighters which is the political party which is one of the positions in south africa saying that it will go to the constitutional court to challenge the suspension of the public protectors uh, remedial action against public enterprises minister pravin Kodan, pending a judicial review into the so called sars uh, rogue unit the high court in pretoria has also uh, been interdict has interdicted rather the implementation of Abusisium uh, Kwebane's recommendations, including the present Sarah Ramaphosa uh, discipline him within 30 days. Uh, the Office of the Public Protector Abusisium Kwebane is considering referring the High Court Judge Sulet Potteril uh, to the Judicial Services Commission. That's an interesting move. If that happens, uh, the Public Protector has raised concern over the language that the judge used when delivering judgment in the matter between it and the Public Enterprises Minister. Pravin Godan has brought an urgent application to interdict the uh, Public Protector's remedial action, as I mentioned, and we also know that there's also a, a pending case that is actually coming on tomorrow with uh, the Public Protector versus uh, the president of the country. Well, joining us for this discussion, we're joined by Christine Bueta. Uh, she really helped us uh, some a uh, few days ago around issues of the State uh, Capture Commission in South Africa. She's from the uh, Center for Constitutional Rights, a manager there. We also have uh, Dr. Tabisuwana, who is a lecturer at uh, the uh, Politics Department at the University of South Africa. Well, let me start with you, Christine. Thank you for joining us back for our program. We really appreciate you taking us up once again. Good morning, man.
2: Thank you for having me again.
0: Now, let's look at uh, this uh, kind of dark cloud that is now over Busesum Kwebani. There's more revelations that are actually coming out. There was a report such that was linking her to the Kuptas recently. I think it just came out uh, yesterday. I saw it in the evening. Um, so there's a lot that is, seems to be marring uh, the public uh, protector's image right now.
2: Mm. Yes, no. there's definitely a lot of court cases. I think it's important for the public to understand what are the different court cases and what what, um, essentially it is about. So maybe just a quick recap of um, this week. Fantastic, sure. uh, It's been a highly political week as well. And um, I think you actually captured it when you said we, we tend to, or the public tends to, we love a hero and we love a villain. Um, and we, we tend to play, you know, it, it becomes a political game as well. So I think it's also important to go back to the law and, and to go back to sure. legal disputes at hand. And um, and I think that's just so, so from my side, if I can just recap it. So on Monday, we obviously had a North halting Court granting the urgent interdict. Um, so importantly, it's just suspending remedial actions um, regarding that report of the Investigative Unit, also known well, public you know media has been referred to as South Rogue Unit. Um, that report establishment of the um, South Rogue Unit and also um, where she found her Mr. Um, Pravin Gordhan violated her constitution and the executive ethics code as well. So. He he specifically went to court and asked a court to halt her remedial action pending the review application. The logic behind it is the remedial action had a very specific time frame, as you said, you know, it requested it required um, the president to take disciplinary action within thirty days and say how he implemented. Um it had to be referred to a national speaker or assembly as well. So all of these aspects had very serious consequences for Mr. Kodan, not only politically but also profi- um, personally. Considering also, it also it had to be referred to South um, Saps commi- uh, um, Commissioner as well, the Police Commissioner now as well to, to investigate. But if you if you consider, so he was asking for it to be halted, pending a review. So he, if if the matter is being reviewed now, which. It will only be an ordinary course of court. Again, it might be, a month, it might be in six weeks' time. Might be only in November or December. Um, court cases do take long. So, if these remedial actions were implemented, it will be very difficult if if a report is set aside and found to be un- unconstitutional and invalid. Which he argues, now you already have remedial action being implemented in the meantime. So, he's asking it for it to be halted. So, I think that's very important. Just from a legal perspective to understand it wasn't a consideration of report, a marital case. Yes, the judge had to look if there's a promised falky case, So, meaning does he have on the papers, if you look at the review, it's not a frivolous review he's bringing. He is raising urgent he's raising serious questions, and does he have on that a basic claim? Mm-hmm. And you know, so she and as uh, a prima facie right, so there's very specific requirements. I might keep it the technical now, and um, you excuse me if I'm too technical. No, it's fine.
0: It's it's fantastic because so, it gives us a, a proper understanding beyond <laughs> the stereotypes that we hear. Sure.
2: Yeah. So for an urgent interdict, you had to show a prima facie right, which is you know, specifically makes good. There are certain arguments which needs to. There's not a frivolous um, court application being brought for review application. Um, secondly, he showed you have to show irreparable harm. The point, you know, is, again, you might, these um, specific remedial actions have very serious consequences for him um, professionally as well, and it will, might be implemented in the meantime and it might be set aside to the report. So it's uh, how will you go back again? Um, and considering on a balance of convenience, so that's also a requirement. What prejudice is there for a public protector? Now, that's a very specific one. She's, and uh, uh, Yes, her judge was quite critical of the fact that she kept on opposing this urgent interdict. Mm. Taking into account it's only temporary relief. I mean, if if her report is uphold, that remedial action will be implemented. So, um, I could not mm. prove what prejudice or harm, you know, so a balance of convenience was in his favor. I think it's just, it's not... So I think, you know, we need to be very careful Mm. of how it's also portrayed in the media. Sure. Because I know there's statements by EFAs and there's statements by a public protector. The big question now is, for me, from a legal perspective, which Mm. is quite interesting, is is it's only a temporary order, it's an interim order, meaning it's only temporary relief because it's not a final determination. So it's not a final order. So that does impact if you can appeal it. Okay. I I want to appeal. Let's look at
0: also just the emphasis that's been highlighted because most of the media, what they've done, is actually taken this particular verdict and kind of uh, directed it personally to the person of the public protector, Bususiwi Mkwebani, Mm -hmm. especially some of the views in terms of um, the issue of this particular order that has come from Kwebani that has now been uh, set aside. And because what has been highlighted is the fact that Potterill highlighted that, um, uh, you know, what the Mkwebani's uh, remedial actions were, were that they were vague, contradictory, and nonsensical. That kind of phrasing and language that came from the judge is something that is contested now by the current public protector. Should she be playing on that particular uh, space in terms of contesting the language, or should she just be waiting for the legal processes as has been uh, prescribed by the judge to unfold? Look,
2: Tiffany, um say something is nonsensical or vague. I mean, it's often found in judgments. There is an aspect which is definitely vague. Her report, for instance, said the president had to um, take disciplinary action within 30 days of the report, I think, and he also had to um, submit an implementation plan of how, within 30 days, of how he did it. So, I mean, it's contrary. It's specific uh, it's contradictory what she specific, you know, you need to take disciplinary action and show in your implementation okay. plan of how you do sure. so it's hard. so I don't think I personally don't think um, you know um a judge was critical. She had to apply the okay. law, she had mm. to see what aspects and um and also there is a question to be asked why the being opposed mm. considering mm. the harm in favor of the harm Mr Gordon would suffer. So now um, but you would have noticed as well in the judgment so as I said before it's normally you can't appeal an in interim order okay so but it has happened before mm. where they looked in the interest of justice so it might be an argument for it i don't but but again it doesn't uh, there is no final determination mm-hmm. so i think it'd be very difficult for a court to grant leave to appeal this judgment mm-hmm. because but, but, but because it's not final There is the aspect sure. of cost she was mm. very specifically made a cost order. That might be appealable. Okay. That's also gonna be an interesting legal argument. But going back to your question, um I, I, I you know, I don't work for Office or a Public defender. Mm. I wouldn't have um I don't think if you look at a judgment I think, you know, she had she had to apply requirements of an interdict and she did it. Mm. I think it becomes a highly political issue again so who use her year and who's her villain here. I think we have to be very, very careful of portraying judges in this manner as well. Mm. Um, it's often, I don't think the word nonsensical and vague is is um, problematic in the language of the
0: judge. Okay, let me go to Dr. Tabisu Hoyane. Uh, Thank you, uh, Dr. Hoyane, and thank you for uh, waiting patiently for that uh, kind of understanding from a constitutional and legal uh, framework uh, that uh, Christine was unpacking there. But Dr. Hoyane, what are your thoughts, especially from a political uh, platform here? The EFF, it says that they will challenge the constitutional court's suspension, and also we've seen the ANC saying, well, it still supports... uh, the office of the public protector which shows the contradictions even within uh the african national congress because there's members within the party that are contesting uh the cases with uh, the public protector your thoughts Dr. Oyane?
1: morning and thank you for having me on the program i think first of all let me just uh, start by commenting on the issue about this charge on monday the language which was used there. I think it is very, very important for all of us to understand that maybe for native English speakers, the word nonsense might well not be a big issue. But in any black language in this country, once you start saying a person is talking nonsense, that is patently a big insult. I think that is one thing that we must be aware
0: well, of. Basically, which means, yeah, it, it's Even really... Even worse than that. Even worse <laughs> than that. Okay. Sure, yeah. sure.
1: So, so I, I just wanted to actually hone in on that. Sure. Well, as for the, as for the issue about the EFF and all the other noise which has been made around this, I think the most important thing for me is that there is always a silver lining to any cloud. I think what this thing is going to teach this country is that for the first time, this institution of the public protector is going to be tested. Never before have we had such big controversies around, you know, his decisions. So I think we can take positives from this in the sense that, well, this thing actually is going to have a very, very good impact on the country in terms of just when do we decide that the public protector is right and when is she wrong? That would be my, my, my own view. But taking back the whole issue, I think the, the, the other the other thing we, we which really bothers me about this is that it has degenerated into a very, you know, toxic kind of debate where you find that it has degenerated into personal insults You know, personal accusations without people actually thinking about the damage they are doing to these institutions. And I'm not talking just about the public protector, even government institutions themselves. You know, when people who occupy these offices go to the extent of insulting each other that you are incompetent, you are a fool, and then the other one goes ahead and starts Questioning the academic credentials—it it, it, it just debases the whole argument, okay—and it has got a very serious reputational damage on this country. South Africa is held in very high esteem, not only on the continent but internationally. But people are going to be starting to ask themselves: But what is wrong with this country? Mm. Here is a constitutional, you know, institution, and here is the government, and they are actually debasing themselves by going to such basic kind of, you know, insults in handling the whole issue. I think it has been handled very unprofessionally.
0: Okay. Dr. Inakos, what are your thoughts, especially the fact that there is a divided notion within the ANC and the the politicization of this matter of the uh, issue with the the, the rogue unit, and also the fact that even the... President of the country's Possessor case is also being now under Scrutiny and we'll see that Case uh, being brought forward Tomorrow in the country's courts uh, w- What are your thoughts And I think yes we are conflating All these things but the dialogue Sounds very conflated in the Country right now around this particular Office
3: Good morning, um, yes I think the It's the uncertainty Surrounding the public Protector Um that has become, you know, uh, problematic for South Africans. We come from a period where we trusted the public protector mostly, um, uh, you know, the the office itself, the motive, the quality of the work that was done, um, the the fact that investigations seem to have been done <clears throat> um, effectively and within the parameters and powers of the public protector, and that the report and the media actions really held up, even after even with review. So there was a, certain, a certainty, I would say, that we were we, we gotten used to when it comes to trust in the public sector and, and the office itself. That's been questioned dramatically now. And it's daunting to think that this important saccharine institution is undergoing this um, scrutiny and the reasons why it does. Um, this is not just about... Um, the fact that the, the 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 road the law can take with the reviews after the reports are published and such, which you know it absolutely must. It's the fact that time and again it doesn't get upheld, and then the judgments are scathing um, when it comes to uh, the way the investigations were done and the way the report was was written. Um, the, the, the way this particular public protector employs the law, and I'm not a law expert, but seems to be inefficient, ineffective, and and, and, and lacking generally. So as a country, we sit now with this situation, and then as you said, politically, um, you, you know, there's now a, a game being played. The ANC said that they, in a statement, that it supports the public protector. Others say no, they did not say that. They said they support the Office of the Public sector, And we see now that when the or the ANC makes these um, uh, announcements, we wonder which faction is it coming from and what are their motives. Because as you said, we know there are divisions within the ANC when, uh, when it comes to certain support for certain people. So uh, as you said, the, 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 the conversation is very broad. Um, but the implication is very important for the country. And yes, it, there is a, a, an argument to make for the fact that um, we can test now these processes when the public protector is being challenged in this way. But uh, the outcome of these challenges is very detrimental to the office itself, to the trust you can put in it. And as I said to you before, it's not only appropriate, it, it, it has been appropriate to question our fitness for office. But I think in some way it must now be um, challenged with, with oversight bombs.
0: Okay, I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to look at the credibility of these two court cases, especially the uh, the president Sir Ramaphosa case with his Bosasa issue and the SARS rogue unit issue. Because I think what Christine highlighted very eloquently in her introduction, looking at this particular uh, issue with uh, the latest Pravin Gordhan case, is the fact that uh, the case, the, the the decision by the the judge was not literally looking at the the credibility of that case itself or kind of the validity of the accusations within that particular case, but really it was looking at uh, the remedial action uh, against uh, Praveen Kodan, and that is a pending case right now because we already know that there is uh, uh, an application to suspend that remedial action. But let's take a quick break. We'll look at that, but we we'll also also look at the case of APSA, which has also been one that has uh, created... A, a kind of conversation whether we can trust or not uh, the the public protector. We'll do that after this break. There's so many things to look at, but we'll try to see if we can dissect them um, part by part and piece by piece. I'll try my best to do that after this.
2: When I think back to my childhood, geographically it reminds me of a time where I was black and only black and only struggling, but at the same time, always reaching, for something more, something bigger in a South Africa that was hostile.
0: Hello Africa, this is 1000 African Voices and I'm your host, Aburrengui. Join me on Channel Africa every Thursday morning between 8 and 9 and on Saturday and Sunday morning between 9 and 10. Rise Africa, rise. Channel Africa. The voice of the African Renaissance. Building Africa with love. Bujambo Africa. If there are holes in this continental ship, we are its children. Let us go and stop the holes. Let us gladly do it with our hearts, and if we cannot, then let us die. We will make a plug of our brains and put them into the ship, but condemn it never. Uvuagwatu, upendo Catch us on Channel Africa from 10 to 11 a.m. every Friday and Sundays from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Remember, we're on www.channelafrica.co.za. And if you're listening to us on DSTV, we're on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. you with me, Benjamin Mushatama, and I'll be with you until midday. Today, we're looking at the credibility of Bousasiwe Kwebane in his seat as the public protector. Now, let me start this part with you, Dr. Ina I want to look at the fact that uh, the the issue was very very broad, as you highlighted, because now we, we can look back at the 2017 issue when Koban ordered the S P R S I U rather, to recover more than uh, 1.1 billion rands of misappropriate funds on behalf of the central uh, bank from APSA, uh, which was said to be an illegal gift to Bancorp uh, from the Reserve Bank in the 1980s. Now, we know that that case also um, didn't go in uh, the favor of um, Kwebane uh, it set aside the report and the remedial actions uh, so that's where the whole action started really where we started uh, zooming into the public protector's um, credibility in this particular seat what What are your thoughts around these judgments that are against her especially starting from this pivotal moment with this particular uh, mm-hmm. Bangkok case
3: well you know every case with such high profile um, is, of course, important. Um, this case, particularly with APSA, was very important to, 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 to have a proper investigation into that entire matter. So we sat with a situation where we really looked forward to a comprehensive report with a proper investigation that we could rely on um, um, to give an outcome of of, of, this, of these issues because they were... Uh, you know, uh, legitimate complaints uh, uh, could bring brought forward that warranted at least a proper investigation at the time. And for that to start, already as you said, uh, started with with this snowball of, 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 you know, actually being set aside and such. And immediately we had to take a step back and say, okay, well, why did this not work? Why was the investigation not done properly? Why was uh, this Report uh, and the legal action opened for, uh, you know, uh, such scrutiny, uh, and didn't uh, got upheld in, in court. And as these cases came forward again and again, and judgments were against her again and again, the implication was uh, 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 far-reaching for 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 her, for the country, and. For this particular office, I mean, we looked at, for instance, the DA's issue, where as an opposition party, of course, they would welcome the, the finding regarding President Shah Ramaphosa's campaign funding, because the Bhutta Bhutasa issue and everything it legitimately should have been investigated. But now, because the office and, and, and this particular public sector is so compromised, bringing new cases to that office is problematic. So there's this dilemma. That These actually created um, with these um, uh, botched in investigation that we sit now with. Um, you, need a, you need the office because there are very important issues that must be investigated, but you know you bring it to an office and a, and a public sector that is compromised. So what do you do in such a situation? And that's where the country sits now. and I don't have a wonder, you know an answer and, uh, apart from. Um, starting over with a new public protector. But maybe, you know, our legal experts will have a proper mm. um, answer okay. for
0: that. Let me bring you, Christine, what are your thoughts? I mean, um, the, the APSA case was one that actually was uh, almost like a huge defeat for the public protector. Uh, not just because of that particular case, but because of the fact that the response from the High Court was very, very damning. I mean, they highlighted that uh, she did not fully understand her constitutional duty to be impartial. Uh, That's a very, very important uh, factor in terms of uh, a public protector's role and that she couldn't perform her functions without fear and fear, favor or prejudice. That is something that... That kind of office cannot be tainted with.
2: Mm. But, you know, I think it's important again, as well, to distinguish between a person leading an office of a public protector and an office of a public protector. So mm-hmm. I think um, you know that's very, very crucial, and that was one of the big. A facts, um, a Bangkok matter, a constitutional court judgment in that regard, it actually said the judgment vindicates her office of public, it vindicates her constitution. It sets out to protect her office of the public protector. Um, just to recap um, that matter as well, so a high court in a Bangkok matter, so she released a report, I think it was in 2017 regarding a Bangkok matter. It was taken on view by a reserve bank. Remember, it was urgent, um, it was an urgent application because she proposed amending the um, constitutional mandate of the Reserve Bank. I wanted an urgent application, I set aside. Then the Reserve Bank and Apsat took a uh, report on review, which was also set aside. And the High Court specifically ordered her um, public protector in her personal capacity to pay 15% of the Reserve Bank's legal costs on a punitive basis because how she conducted herself during um, the investigation. And importantly, one has to remember besides leading the Office of the Public Protector's Office, which means she has to act without fear, favour or prejudice, she's also an Office of the Court, meaning she is bound there is quite, for instance, an attorney and an advocate, the manner you have to conduct yourself in court, you have to be honest, or everyone taking an oath has to be, hon- has to be honest in court. But I mean she she didn't entrust her court. The court specifically asked her why did you why did you have these meetings with President and a Minister of um said, um a minister regarding the uh, regarding Reserve <coughs> Bank's mandate, but you didn't allow the Reserve Bank and all other parties the same um um, same opportunity mm, before mm. releasing your report, and she was very vague Her manner how she how she compiled her report as well. So it was very critical. It's not of her person, but how she uh, managed how she managed her investigation. Okay, what and do we mean by that? Honest. Because
0: I find that's a contradictory statement when you say it's not of her person, but it's the way <laughs> she conducted herself. That's a very <laughs> confusing thing. for me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think I said it wrong. Okay. Because, actually, let me actually recheck that because it relates how she she was she didn't act to have fear, favor, prejudice during, and which is required of someone leading that office. So it, it goes directly to integrity. So it is sorry, I said it wrong. It's directly to integrity okay. to a person leading the office, and that is a critical point. Um, it will need to be uh, taken into account. Um, so remember, the um, Portfolio Committee of Justice and um, Correctional Services will need to initiate a process to remove them. And it's a factual finding. And they I they can't ignore this constitutional court's um, judgment regarding this because it, it, it directly relates to honesty and integrity. Mm. So, you know, I need to see if there's a ground for misconduct, incapacity or incompetence. Um, so again abunkok matter has been i mean there has been a minority report on it and a minority judgment and a majority judgment majority judgment actually said a personal cost order you know ensures um, public officials don 't abuse her constitutional duties and in this regard she did regarding how she investigated it she wasn 't honest in court she didn 't mm-hmm. explain herself she didn't entrust, she didn 't trust the court why she acted this way um You know facts spoke for itself and i think one needs to go always you need to go and look at her court papers her history of court papers which is it it takes long but it shows you there was a she -hmm. she wasn't honest in dealing for the court so it directly goes to integrity as to a person
0: okay I've got a few minutes left. Dr. Tabi okay, we've established these particular issues that are contested against uh, uh, the public protector. But for me, what's uh, interesting is these two cases that we have in front of us, uh, which is the case of the the rogue unit, which has been uh, titled that in the media, and also the case of of Bosasa, that... uh, uh, the president of the country, uh, Sir Ramaphosa, has to answer to. Um, the merit of those cases has not really been touched by uh, the judges. So those cases are still pending in themselves, despite the fact that uh, the, the public protector and her capacity have been questioned in these historical cases. What are your thoughts uh, with contrasting those two dynamics? No, my thoughts
1: with respect to the credibility of the public protector stems from the fact that I see a very kind of serious paucity in the logic when people approach this issue. There is a sense in which we are so infatuated with the public protector as an individual. That is advocating Kweban. What we do miss in the whole process is that that is an institution. And the issue would be, what is the caliber of the senior management which works around this personality? Why is it that she is making decisions which are being repudiated all over the place? That is a very, very important issue for me. It is not about, you know, in competence as an individual. I was startled the other day, quite recently actually, when the the Vice Public Protector, you know, made a very, a very curious statement here on, 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 on in the media, mm-hmm. on TV, that he didn't know about the APSA issue. I was asking myself, I mean, if this person is actually a vice to this lady, what are then are they doing in terms of decision making in that institution how come that she is actually blundering from one place to the other you see what i'm saying because mm-hmm. we are told that apparently that uh, advocate madonna was the best pp who ever came around okay mm-hmm. what happened to the senior staff at that time which were actually working with her or did Advocate Mkwebani expel all of them what is the caliber of those ones which are remaining now, that they cannot tell her someone, I mean, if, 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 if somebody who deputizes her says that she, she doesn't know about such a critical issue mm-hmm. then it means that there is something critically wrong, systemically wrong about the institution itself and it is high time that actually society starts thinking about the, 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 the structure of that institution itself don't we shouldn't be taken, you know, uh, too far by, by by this by by this infatuation about about Mkwebani as the person. But there is something seriously wrong with that institution. And as a Chapter Nine institution, we must be horribly, you know, uh, uh, worried about what is going on there because this is just cannot be let to go on.
0: Okay, um, let me come to you Dr. Inahos. your thoughts around these pending cases right now around uh, the SARS rogue unit, uh, I want us to look at that because I, I hear what Dr. Hoyane is saying and there's a, I asked myself the very same questions that he was asking but I, the question still remains around the issue of BOSASA and the SARS rogue unit Well yes, there's not
3: much more I can add to it, the fact is <clears throat> Uh, the review must now happen and we will see uh, what the outcomes will be. Um, one would hope that at some point that the Public Protector and the office entire, in its entirety will take control of the situation and understand that the damage that's being done is, is far-reaching. First of all, it's very costly. Um, and then look at the... as as, as, as my colleague just said uh, the the management of the Office in general, the moment your deputy starts to distance themselves from from uh, the leadership of the public sector and and, and, and the reports, um, you have serious problems with alignment and and being on the same page and having the same agenda. and agenda is probably the thing that comes into to mind when, with the reasons why the public sector chose to to look once again at the rogue unit which has been investigated. Mm. Incredibly, mm. with different commissions, so the reason why she felt necessary to do it yet again and keep uh, focusing on it um, and evidently not doing proper investigations to begin with, um, we have to ask questions mm. if okay. I may, if you will allow me to, sure. to use my last second, and, <laughs> and ask christine when it is being used as a political play, play to say that. She should be this bard and she would have been if she wasn't the public protector. And I was wondering if an expert like yourself could shed some light on
2: that stuff. Mm. Yeah, d- do you
0: want to okay. respond to that,
2: Christine? I, I couldn't quite hear. Could you mind just can you, can
0: you rephrase that uh, question, uh, Dr. Sure, Ina Jose? If, if, if you don't mind, I just wondered um, the fact that she might have been this bard if she wasn't
3: the public protector because of her, her conduct and the fact that she was dishonest and such. Um, it's being used as a political um, strategy. Um, but is that the case? Would she have been able to, would they have been able to just bar her?
0: Okay, if she wasn't was public protector, for instance.
2: Okay, so um, I think what you, you're referring to, and it's an interesting one, so in terms of, so she's an advocate, so she's exactly, as I said, she's also an officer on of the court. And mm. so the, uh, this is also a different route. Um, to um, to look if she should be disbarred as an advocate, not be on an admissions mm. role because how she conducted herself, she wasn't honest mm. in the court, mm. and mm. Um, she failed to. So that's a, def, a that's a different um, okay. tactic being used. Okay. So it all, it's, it's 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 different from removing her from office um, on a grounds of misconduct, incapacity, or incompetence okay. by the portfolio committee. But they're uh, looking now the from a Legal Practice Council. I think that's a, a definitely an interesting. I think is um, a valid point. I mean, how she, how she conducts. It won't be an easy one if, mm. You, mm. if you consider um, Atukajiba, and remember there was also a constitutional court case um, mm. regarding their removal from admissions role mm. as well, and how they conducted themselves um, at court. Sure. But these uh, um, findings made in the latest judgments are very, very damning. It goes into how her integrity and what she how did she entrust her court?
0: Okay. Um, we we have to leave a chair in thirty seconds, Christine. Your your thoughts on these pending cases around the role unit and PUSASA? Just in thirty seconds, I've run out of time.
2: I think it's important to take into account these are not final matters. It will only be determined later. It's it's pending. It's interim pending applications to suspend remedial actions. I think it's. Incredibly important for us to get certainty regarding these issues. Mm-hmm. The office of the public protector is a vital institution. It needs to be led by someone who has integrity and honesty. I think um, removal for the public protector should be um, urgently initiated by um, by a committee, portfolio committee to look on the grounds of misconduct and capacity or incompetence. Um, and I think we should be very careful to have heroes and villains in the situation. And to get swayed up by politics about it, as this public mm-hmm. needs to be protected
0: as well. Well, thank you so much Christine. That's Christine Bota. S- second time, if not more, I'm having her on the program. I always love uh, getting her, <laughs> her thoughts on these matters. She's the manager well, at the Center for Constitutional Rights. Thank you for giving us your time. Thanks as well to Dr. Tabisi Suhoyan, who always d- gives a different viewpoint, a different analysis on things, especially on the political um, uh, standpoint that he has. That He's elected at the Politics Department at the University of South Africa. Thank you as well to the University of Free States lecturer in Governance and Political Transformation, Dr. Inahos. Thank you all for giving us your time. It's a very interesting conversation we've had.